hello and and welcome back to um another another Trackster podcast with with Rory and Alfie. How are you doing, Alfie? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. And actually, I know we've been on the phone, but we actually haven't spoken. So for once, that is actually some relevance there. So yeah, I'm doing well, thank you. What about yourself? Oh, just to be fair. Yeah, good. And this was a another last minute podcast. We were we knew we were recording one today. We didn't know what time, but uh and we had a bit of bit of last minute inspiration, um, and and it was mainly about shoes because we posted today uh, asking you guys what your favourite sort of carbon based racer was, uh, and and if you're excited for any shoe coming out in particular. So we thought, well, we like rambling about shoes, so we'll do a podcast devoted to it. Yeah, I, f- I feel like actually I actually didn't tell you this, but I actually got a new pair of shoes today, given to me. So it's actually quite ironic that um, we're talking about shoes today because I just someone just recently gave me a new pair of Clifton Sixes just out of the blue for no reason because I think they, I think they didn't fit them. Tried them out on run today. I think I actually prefer them to Clifton Seven. Interestingly, really, uh, they're just a bit different. They feel like they feel a bit more responsive, um, but obviously I don't want to spend too much time on them because they're not actually a carbon fiber plated shoe, and they don't get people, shoe, they don't get people ex- excited the way. Uh, these super shoes do. Shoes, super shoes do indeed. Um, I guess full disclaimer: uh, I am supported by Hoka. Um, might as well chuck that out there because there is that that bias. Uh, if I'm being honest, um, so yeah, throw throw that one out there. But I've raced in the next percent, done many sessions and runs and tempo runs in the four percent. Uh, tried quite a few different carbon shoes, but obviously my, my knowledge is um, a, a lot deeper on the Hoka side of stuff opposed to, you know, the Brooks Hyperion, the Softening Endorphin Pros, etc. Yeah, I feel like, obviously I'm not, I'm not supported by anyone, so hopefully I can give sort of an honest opinion. I guess you'd give an honest opinion anyway, wouldn't you? But I'll, It's an honest opinion. All it is is that I, I do love Hoka as a brand and a company, and I love the shoes regardless. I'm not going to hype them up if they didn't need to be hyped up, but the shoes are sick and I love Hoka as a company anyway. So, But I'll speak honestly and openly about the next percent as well because, as we know, the shoe's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think hopefully in a few more years' time, maybe next year, I feel like brands will have caught up because obviously not, the Alpha Fly isn't actually that impressive in comparison. Mm. I've heard actually bad reviews on the Alpha Fly. So I feel like it's given a chance for other brands to catch up, which is always a good thing because it just means more competition and people stop arguing about the times being broken uh, and people who win races saying they only won it because of the shoes, which really annoys me. But again, let's not get into that because I could have an argument for about five hours about that because there's so much more to it than the shoes. But yeah, anyway. Yeah. Well, the thing is now, though, it's like you shouldn't you shouldn't stop... Um, you know, the engineering of new shoes and the innovation. I think stopping innovation is pretty archaic. Like, why would you stop innovation? The world has to move forward. Running has to move forward the same way that shoes are better now than they were, you know, a hundred years ago. And yeah. and then you've got to rate people like um, Roger Bannister for breaking like four for a mile in basically flip-flops. Um, like, you look at that now and... You, and and even if we talk pre-carbon and all that sort of stuff, even with spikes like you know the last generation of Fix, that's so much further on than it was 
30, 40 years ago regardless. Yeah, yeah. I feel like on the track as well, I wonder what Roger Bannister's conversion would be if he did it on a track in actual good spikes. Maybe yeah. low 350s. And then obviously if you take him to count the training at the time, he probably was a 340-odd runner that is in his prime if he was in to like today's day and age. So that's, yeah, it's a big difference. And obviously, just a quick disclaimer as well, as we talk, I see a lot of people say the dragonflies have a carbon fiber plate in. They do not have a carbon fiber plate in. No, just, it's just CMX. Yeah, it's just the, the only plate they've got is a spike plate. The Air Victories have a carbon fiber plate in, but the dragonflies don't. So Joshua Chapter Guy ran the world record in a, a non-carbon fiber plated shoe, um, which I feel like debunks a lot of people's arguments saying that the only reason why I did it was because of the shoes because they're not actually don't get me wrong they're great but they're not they're not anything they're not springs so if if we're going to open up about any shoe we may as well talk about Nike first uh, because I feel like we both have the most experience with those Nike carbon shoes uh, and I've heard a lot about the Alpha Flies as well uh, as as I know you have so guess if we, if we start off chronologically and we talk about the 4%, which was the shoe that sort of, I don't want to say kickstarted, but it was that first shoe that really made like a big splash. Yeah. Uh, for, for every runner, like every runner could buy them. And that was the first carbon shoe that people could, could get their hands on. I don't know if you ever raced in the 4%. I'm not sure I ever raced in the 4%. I know I did a lot of sessions in it and whatever, but I never actually raced in it. Yeah, sadly not. I went from the Streak LT to the Flying It 4%. That was my first shoe. So actually, I never yeah. raced in the original 4%, which, to be honest, I, ran, I had the Zoom Fly version of it, which felt like a revolutionary shoe in itself in compared to the Streak. But now, I prefer the Streak to the Zoom Fly, original Zoom Fly. So I don't have okay. a clue what happened there. But it, it was just like, it felt like you had some sort of magical shoe on your foot, even in the Zoom Fly at first. Just with the stack height and the like, the rocker and things. Yeah, yeah. So I, I was the same. I had the, I like that blue zoom fly when they released the initial the initial four percent. I didn't have like that first generation four percent. It was the flying it ones. I was the same as you. But like those zoom flies was they looked so good as well. Like even the colorways of the zoom flies at that time were were ridiculous. Yeah, I feel like they've taken a step back on the colorways recently. Like maybe the Olympic colorway is great this year. But yeah, if I compared to the 2016 Olympic colorway, it's probably not that good actually, because that 2016 Zoom Fly was iconic. Just not, yeah, I'm just not a fan of the new like Zoom Fly design. I'm, it's, I'm just not. I just prefer I prefer the one from like what two years ago. Yeah, it's a great I, shoe. I I switched to the Turbo after the first Zoom Fly, so I couldn't tell you about the rest of the, of the other two. But I guess next next shoe up then is obviously the four percent flying it. Would do you get a chance to wear that or? I did indeed. Uh, still got it, um, and it was one of my. It was my favourite shoe to train in, without a doubt. Yeah, like, I shouldn't have been training in it as much as I did because it has got a carbon plate, and you shouldn't train with carbon plate all the time. But they just felt so good. Like track sessions felt like a joke. Road ses- sessions felt like a joke. I think I was even bashing some grass sessions out in them. They really don't have that much traction on the bottom as well. Um, only problem for me is like the bottom of the midsole. It seemed to kind of wherever you were planting more so, it really sort of was giving way a bit. Like I didn't 
do that many miles uh and obviously people can't see that but i don't know if you you can see that there alfie yeah it's just yeah that's it's hit, got killed it? hasn't it yeah and that's on both sides of the show i feel like the um that was a little bit weak and a little bit sort of probably needed a little bit more protection but maybe that's just my dodgy foot plant as well so i can't really whinge too much but they they served me like great and um, i absolutely love this shoe it's one of the comfiest shoes i've ever running to be honest yeah i sometimes do a few sessions in them here and there uh they hurt my achilles slightly it is quite a minute it's too, i say minimalist because a few years ago saying that the four percent is like minimal would everyone be like what you're on about but compared to the next percent and also like the endorphin speed what i'm training now it there's not much on the shoe there really isn't mm. that much on the shoe so it's sort of I guess this leads on to the next shoe, which is obviously the next percent. But the step up from the 4% flying it to the next percent felt like the biggest step up of all. Like even though yeah. the super shoes were already out, I feel like the next percent sort of revolutionized the super shoes all over again. Yeah, 100%. Like, I remember I had, these, I had my 4% like when, when we were both going to Armour. Um, week going into it, I didn't have a pair of next percents. I was, I was just going to wear my four percents. I was getting like closer and closer. I think I got to like Tuesday. I was just thinking, you know what? Literally every man and his dog is going to be wearing the next percent at this race. And I just really, really want a pair. And obviously they were so hard to get a hold of. I ended up texting the guy at Nike, uh, Nike UK and just being like, look, are there any, are there any next percents just sitting around in a factory or whatever, like in a, in a sort of nine and a half or 10, Luckily, he said, yeah, and he shipped them out, like, straight away, which, um, you know, was, was sick. So I, I got them on the Thursday night, which was when I was traveling. Uh, so they arrived in the house. I went to the airport in them just to sort of, like, break them in a little bit because I had not run in them before. They felt ridiculous just walking in. Like, you, you slip your foot in, feel like you're being lobbed forward, but you also feel, like, relatively high off the ground. Um but yeah, and then did my first ever race in them at Armar, fourteen oh three, and it it's just a ridiculous shoe. Um, obviously, the stack heights caused a bit of problem in terms of like track racing and stuff. So it would be interesting to see what people would actually be dropping on the track in next percents. But I'm confused about that. Why ban it for track but not road? If you're gonna ban it, like what what effect does it have on track? Like wouldn't it have on road? It doesn't. It it doesn't make sense to me. To be honest, I don't really understand the stack heights on track at all. Yeah, I, I don't, well, for me, I, and this isn't like exactly a technical view, but when you pl- like when you plant your foot on a track, surely the longer it takes for your foot to hit the ground, roll, and then come back up is time lost, right? Like in spikes, you're hitting the ground, you're up, you're up, you're up, you're going. But when you're actually in the next percent, your foot plants. You roll. It absorbs and it rolls. That's that's longer. That is a longer time of your foot being on the floor to someone else in spikes. Yeah. Yeah, I can't really... If someone asked me to do a 400 flat out round a track in next percents, I think I'd struggle to get within like four seconds, three seconds of my PB. Mm. Like, it's it's not a quick shoe on the track at all. Yeah. Like, the flying at 4% is a lot quicker on the track. Um mm. But yeah. I, I, I guess I, I guess maybe with a spike plate on it, it'd be different, and that's maybe maybe why they got banned because on track that is, because if you put a spike plate on them, it might be a bit different. But I don't know. I feel like it's just a weird decision to ban something on track 
and not on road. Um, especially for a shoe you can wear on both, especially for a shoe what's designed for road. Like it, it doesn't make sense, but I don't know. It's just weird rules, but you know, I guess the rules are rules and the dragonflies and uh, to be fair, quite a lot of spikes do the job just fine as well. So that's absolutely fine. Um, leading on from that, obviously we've got the alpha fly, which I don't really have much to say about because it's been quite underwhelming. I think. Yeah. Um, it's just, I haven't heard a good review about it in comparison to the, the next percent, especially from distances from 5k to half marathon. Yeah. I, what I think is a little bit of a weird one is the, the shoe was, it is a marathon shoe. Uh, and I feel like why it's got a lot of bad reviews is because there's people who are going out and buying them for like 5k's and 10k's thinking that they're going to be better than the next percent because it's the new shoe, but actually it's designed for a marathon. Uh, and I guess it was underwhelming for that because the thing is you can wear the next percent four or five K and you can wear a next percent for the marathon. It's going to feel sick either way. Um, but I, I think the alpha fly is just such a marathon shoe, uh, that trying to get it moving over five K and 10 K is pretty, pretty tough. Yeah, I agree. I, I was speaking to obviously my training partner, he died satisfied. He's a, he's a two time marathon runner, but he did the half marathon in Ireland last week. And there was five people who originally broke away. And he was the only one wearing alpha flies. Mo Farah and Mark Scott both wore next percents. It'll be interesting to see what Kipchoge wears in London and Bikili because surely they'll make them wear the alpha flies just from a marketing point of view. Yeah, you'd, yeah, you'd think to be fair. I guess to a certain degree, Kipchoge also holds all the cards because Nike with Kipchoge should just let him do whatever he wants. But it would not look good if he didn't wear the Alpha Flies. It would like it really wouldn't look good at all. I mean, did he wear? He was wearing Alpha Flies for the sub two, wasn't he? Yeah, a beefed up version of the Alpha Fly. Yeah, it's like three, it, yeah, three carbon plates. I guess he would wear the Alpha Flies then. Um, I think Bikili, Bikili might actually choose the next percent. I feel like he's one of those runners who's a bit more aggressive. Uh, so maybe we'd suit a more aggressive shoe in the next percent, but it'd be interesting to see. I'd also like to know people's predictions um, of that race. So DM us on Instagram uh, with your predictions. I personally think Kipchoge's going to win. I know a lot of people will hate me for that because people think Bikili's going to magically pull it out of the bag. It's, I don't know why. He's, they've literally I raced in marathon before. Yeah, it's because of the smaller... I feel like Kipchoge's such a good racer, like when it's when obviously when it's not big loops like london marathon last time i remember when he made the move he just went to the other side of the road and threw everyone out of their rhythm and then went yeah. so no one could like sit on him or keep that pattern um and i feel like on a on a smaller smaller loop it would be easier for bikele to stick on him uh but by the same token if kipchoge wants to turn the gas on with like four or five miles to go and really make uh Bekele hurt, then he can do that. Like he's got the facilities to do that, no bother at all. Um, but it's, it's just about how he raced it because if he, you know, I hate to say that if Bekele's there with 400, 200 to go, maybe, but we've, we've not had to see Kipchoge kick in a while because he doesn't need to. People he's, he's, forget. Always, he's always too far ahead. People forget Kipchoge outkicked Bekele and El Garouge in a 5,000 meters. Yeah. People forget that. It's not like he's not got a kick. He just never needs to use it. 
Yeah, exactly. He's always, he's always he's always winning so easily that he that he'll never have a need to get. I mean, whenever we've seen him finish a race, he's moving like moving and smiling and laughing and waving and all that sort of stuff. Like he was in Berlin, he was in the first sub two attempt, he was in the actual sub two event. The dude's chilled. He's fine. Yeah, like it'll be interesting race to watch. So. I guess only time will tell what happens. I'm guess it's in start of October, isn't it? Big, actually, yes, big things yeah, in is. October. We could be seeing a marathon world record. We could be seeing a marathon. That's a hard word to say. We could be seeing a marathon world record and a ten thousand meter world record within the space of a week, which would be pretty <laughs> insane. Um, depends on the course in London. Obviously, it's flat, but nineteen loops might become a bit of a challenge for some people. But anyway, yeah, yeah, definitely. I think for your head, uh, it's either one of two ways. You get bored of doing loop after loop after loop, or you find it easier to know what your splits are and it's easier to maintain the pace that you want to keep. Uh, yeah. But like I say, it'll be interesting to see because there's not many marathons that are held where it's so many small loops. I've seen a lot of people uh, training to get their mind used to running so many laps and so many loops and they're doing different training sessions to fit for it, which is kind of interesting because it is going to play on your mind i mean personally i just i just switch off and follow someone who i think i should be near and just do zero work i think that that's exactly what you need to do just switch off completely and just ride it out and then with a few laps to go concentrate on getting through it hard and finishing mm. strong back to the shoes back to the shoes take the floor tell us about the hocker carbon x i feel like that's a good shoe to go on to next if you're okay with Ooh. that or rocket x Hard. sorry Rocket yeah, X. So, so the Rocket X is being released quite soon. Uh, it really is Hoka's, Hoka's shot at the next percent. Uh, obviously, I've run in both, and I love I love the Rocket X. I mean, I, I've been running the prototype, and we are getting out the actual commercial shoe soon, because obviously can't race in prototypes. Um, but, oh, my God, like... It's, it's tough to describe because I don't want to say, oh, it's, it's like the next percent because it, it's like the next percent, but in its own way. Uh, when you put the shoe on, it's not like that rock forward, but you just feel so ergonomic when you're running in it. Um, and that pace varies because I've done, you know, I did uh, K's in it the other day in like 2.30. Um, but I've also done like a six mile tempo at like five flat pace. And, you know, on both of those runs, it felt great. And then the women's, the name escapes me, but the women's US marathon champ was a Hoka athlete wearing the Rocket X at that time as well. Um, yeah. So it's going to be really cool when those come out and they actually, you know, people start trying them and just having those alternates to the next percent, uh, I'm going to be racing in the Rocket X. Uh, but by the same token, Hoka also have the, uh, the Carbon X, which... Um, has quite a stiff plate, but it's, it's very good for 5K. It's probably the most minimalist shoe that Hoka, that Hoka have in terms of midsole. Um, but that's been a great shoe as well for the sort of shorter, shorter sharper sessions. Um, I guess they also have the Evo shoe. Carbon Rocket as well. I've never, yes, so that I've never is, seen that. Which one is that? That is, yeah. So the, um, yeah, so the, the Evo Rocket, that's what I would meant. Um, and it's literally the flatter shoe that Hoka have, um, 
and I've seen a lot of people race 5Ks and 10Ks in them because it is relatively minimalist. Uh, full carbon plate um, up the midsole. Um, and yeah, really responsive shoe. I, I've enjoyed training it. And then they've also got the um, the Carbon X and then the Carbon X Dash SPE, which uh, is, I mean, the midsole's more Hoka-esque. Yeah. Like the midsole's... Um, it's a lot. It's a lot bigger than the uh, than the Rocket X and the um, Evo, but by the same token, full carbon plate, more of a training shoe. Um, I mean, I, I could easily see someone wearing this for a marathon. I know a lot of people have. Uh, for me, it's a training shoe, just because there's a bit there's a bit more on it when I'm when I'm training. Um, so yeah, that, that's mostly the the rundown. The rundown of the Hoka shoes, but uh, yeah, watch out for that Rocket X because it should it should make quite a quite a big splash. And just for all the running geeks out there, I feel like we need to say this: it is two hundred and ten grams, the Rocket X, and it's also got a five millimeter drop. Yeah. Um, so the only shoe what I know is lighter than it is the Next Percent, but the Next Percent is just ridiculously light because of the upper. Like the upper in the Next Percent is nothing, so that's why. It's got a bit of weight there. Um, but yeah, so five millimeter drop, 210 grams for the Rocket X. I'm guessing in the typical UK size eight, US size nine size. Yeah. I believe that's right anyway. Yeah, 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 definitely. It's going to be uh, interesting when it comes out because obviously I, I watched a video of them on Running Warehouse the other day as well. Uh, and the new colorway compared to the prototype is sick. Uh, I mean, the prototype is a really clean color also, but that, that actual the actual commercial shoe that will be out to uh, to buy is is so clean. It's Hoka's colours, white, blue, and yellow. Uh, so you'll be seeing those on on contracted athletes coming soon. You actually see that shoe on a few people at the London Marathon. Um, I believe Aaron Scott will be wearing them. He's a he's a two sixteen guy. Um, I know he's I think he's aiming for about two fourteen two thirteen. So so yeah, well, watch out for that shoe. Watch out for that shoe at London as well. Um, I think that loosely covers the Hoka carbon side of things. Uh, I could ramble on about Hoka all day long. Uh, but I know that you train in the Saucony Endorphin, not the not the pros with the carbon, but there is a plate in the Saucony Endorphin that you train in, right? It's yeah. So the circuit Saucony Endorphin Speed is what I train in most of the time, and that's got a nylon plate or a composite plastic plate. Um, I've heard two different things. It's just not carbon. I know it's not carbon, but I'm not sure exactly what it is. Um, that's a great shoe. It's sort of, I want to say it's my favorite training shoe ever, but in the same token, it's, it's, it leaves you a bit more to do in the sort of middle paced longer reps. So for tempos and a bit quicker than tempo, threshold pace, amazing. And then for speed, it's amazing. So like if someone asked me to do a 300 quick in them, absolutely fine. But anything over a 300 where you're still bashing out quite a really hard effort, there is slightly heavy. But then as soon as you get past that sort of really, like I'd say VO2 max upwards, it's fine. Um, but sort of quicker than VO2 max, it starts, you sort of feel like it's a bit weighty and your legs are a bit tired. But that's the speed. The pro... Obviously, the Socking Dolphin Pro is quite a highly raved about shoe, I believe. Yeah. It's 210 pounds, which is, 
I think around two forty dollars, two thirty dollars. I'm not exactly sure. Um, yeah. Oh, it says two hundred dollars. I don't really understand that. Sorry, blame the website. It says the two hundred two pounds, but one hundred ninety nine dollars. Pretty sure dollars is more, as in yeah. Anyway, I'm not a, an exchange rate. Personally. Oh, exchange rates, mate. Absolute. Um, yeah, no, I, I can't help on that either. So this, this has an eight millimeter heel drop, which is actually more than the Rocket X. And also it's three grams heavier than the Rocket X. So about 0.1 of an ounce, pretty much. So nothing. It's basically the same weight as the Rocket X. Um, this one's obviously worn by the likes of Parker Stinson. Uh, it's, it's basically a more aggressive version of the next percent, but with a different foam. And I think that foam makes it a bit heavier than the next percent. I'm sorry, yeah. by the way, if I keep on referring back to the next percent as a comparable option, but I feel like that's what most people can relate to in terms of what shoe they've worn. Um, so it's pretty much the next percent. Sacconi's version of the next percent, obviously slightly heavier, a bit more aggressive, less stack height. So you sort of, you can sort of imagine what it's like. It's basically just a racing flat with, yeah, I don't know how to describe it other than it's a great shoe. It's hard to describe shoes because everyone feels shoes differently. Like not, there's not like a one shoe fit all kind of thing, but yeah, a great shoe. I feel like I've said that about five times now, but it's just the, probably the only bit what's the downside of it is it's quite, it's quite bad on the heel. Like the grip's not that good. Um, mm. But hopefully that's something they'll sort out in the next, like next rendition of the shoe. Yeah, we've spoken to Parker quite a bit about that shoe as well, and he loves that shoe um, a lot. Obviously, and he he trains in both of those shoes. Uh, hopefully, we see him see him racing again in them uh, sometime soon. Fingers crossed, a big summer, big summer twenty twenty one for him uh, with Sockney. So, yeah, and and then I feel like we'll kind of branch into the I haven't massively read into the New Balance carbon shoes like the the Fuel Cell Elites um, and what's the other shoe? The RC Elite I believe it's just come yes. out like li the, literally the one that's just come out maybe yesterday or day before I think yeah so there's the Fuel Cell TC and then the one that you're talking about now yeah so we had obviously and then Fuel Cell 5280 yeah so the new one is called Fuel Cell RC Elite um, it looks like a great shoe. It's gone for the green again. So that's the sort of typical colour for that I feel like for these marathon shoes is bright green. Not sure how I feel yeah. about it. But this one, obviously we had Charlie Hulson speak on our podcast recently. Not on our podcast, had, we did an article with him. And he says up until this point, he's worn the next percents, even though he's New Balance athlete. Uh, and now he's, he says he'll, he's definitely thinks this is the best shoe on the market in terms of marathon shoe. Obviously, you've got a bit of corporate um, biasness there to New Balance. Mm. But I don't know. I feel like if he's racing in it over the next percent now, then it must be good enough. This well, shoe again, there's a lot of athletes that um, have blacked out next percent. And it sounds like Charlie could have done that this time around, uh, depending on how you know his agent or his, his um, company representative let let him either way but if if he's saying that he's been you know working in blackout next percent and now he feels like he's making the switch to new balance and that then that means you know he must genuinely feel like it's a better shoe 
yeah, yeah, hundred percent. You got to be confident with what you're wearing. This is actually coming in under the seven ounce mark, so it's a sub seven ounce shoe, which is next percent weight. Which I think what well, a lot of people love this lightweight sort of feeling. Obviously, they're all lightweight, um, but this one's especially extremely lightweight, and the grip has got those like uh, I don't know how to describe it. It's got little little grips if that makes sense so it's like a grit like a gritty bottom and it sort of like goes all the way across the um forefoot and it's like little rubber sticky out pieces and i feel like that's i guess if you land on your midfoot that's where you need the grip and then on the heel they've sort of got some extended rubber but it, it does look like an interesting shoe because it's it looks it doesn't look like a a fast shoe when you first look at it because it just mm. seems the foam doesn't seem aggressive enough. But obviously with the reviews that have come out already on YouTube, I'm sure you can find them wherever, this seems like a serious contender for the likes of the, like obviously the next percent, but also the new shoes that are coming out. So you've got the Rocket X and the Hyperion Tempo 2, which I guess we'll touch on in a second. I feel like them four or the five, including the Pro, will be the ones what sort of take the world by storm. And then obviously you've got the Adidas one which I completely forgot about as well. So that's yeah. six shoes from six different companies what are actually starting to be like dominant rather than just one, which I think is great. It's also interesting with uh, New Balance because they're, uh, I think they're the only company that's released a carbon shoe um, sort of not targeted at 5K or Marathon because uh, the fuel cell 5280 uh, was is more like mile based. So we saw Jay Whiteman and Jenny Simpson uh, last year. I think it was the fifth half mile they were both wearing them. Uh, yeah, and that was the first time that she was sort of like popping up, uh, yeah. which is quite cool because I don't. I, don't, I mean, you, you could probably run a mile in next percent, but it's not directly marketed at that. But the New Balance Five Two Eighty is very much a shoe that is made for the shorter distances. Yeah, well, I think I'd rather wear. Definitely, from Nike's point of view, I'd rather wear a. A four percent flying it, or like a a streak, or I think I, even a streak or an LT. Yeah, I guess actually, like you just said, the carbon fiber New Balance shoe is probably the best bet at the minute for the for the mile on road. Yeah, uh, I can't yeah. really think of any other shoe off the top of my head what could sort of compete with that, seeing as though it is literally designed for the mile. Uh, and then moving on to the the new A6 Metal Racer, which is interesting. You've seen a lot of the pros sort of. Uh, showing it on their Instagram stories and stuff. Uh, they've got this new technology called the Guide Soul Tech, which essentially is just the technology that throws you forward um, via the carbon fiber four foot plate. Um, so, I mean, you know, not really reinventing the wheel as such with the other ones, but a cool name for it nonetheless. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how the A6 uh, Meta Racer goes. I'm not quite sure. I know they've got one of the Robertson twins uh, contracted, and he's been he's been testing out some of the some of the carbon shoes. So, I mean, he's he's a sub two ten guy. Whichever I've forgotten which Robertson it is, but he'll be racing in that shoe um, come the season when they're actually racing. So it'll be interesting to see what what you can get running the, in the ASICs meta race. So I guess to a certain degree, ASICs are behind a lot of the other brands in terms of who they have contracted uh, and who they've got sort of going out in Europe, going out in the world and, and racing in their best and shoes. Yeah. I, um, I feel like 
outside of Asia, A6 is not really that dominant on terms of contracts. Mm. Um, yeah. And again, I'm not too knowledgeable on the A6 Meta Racer. I just know that it's quite a good stability shoe. So if you struggle with pronation, it might be the shoe to go for over the mile, uh, over the marathon or any race. Uh, if you're looking for a super shoe, what uh, helps sort of pronation. Um, but other than that, really, I don't really have much to say on that kind of shoe because I'm not... I don't want to speak on something I'm not 100% knowledgeable about. So, yeah, it's just, it's an interesting shoe. It looks, it looks quite interesting. Um, I don't know. I feel like I used to race in ASICs and now they just seem to sort of stepped off the mark a bit with innovation. I think actually in the past year, they're starting to move forward. I think they're starting to realise that they've been a little bit left behind. Uh, and one of the ways that, well, two of the ways that they've done that is their pro kit is really nice. Hmm. The pro vest is cool. The jacket, the, the tights, and the track, all that sort of stuff is really nice. Um, as is, you know, they've released a spike that doesn't actually look horrible, which is <laughs> really useful for ASICs because I have not seen an attractive ASIC spike in years. But the new orange spike, they've got a lot of French athletes at the minute, a lot of junior French athletes who have been showing off the new spikes on the story and stuff, and they are nice. I, you know, I think they look good. I'm just looking at the Meta Racer colorway here as well. It's a nice red, and it's only 180 pounds, which is a bit cheaper than the others. Um, yeah, it's a very nice shoe actually. And then there's also got the Nova Blast, which came out recently, which is a, like a mileage shoe, which also looks great as well. So the yeah, Nova Blast looks quite cool actually. Yeah, they do. And then they've got the Kano 27 Sheet Rock. I don't have a clue what that is. Sorry for all the ASICs lovers out there. Because they do have a very strong fan base. People swear by ASICs. So yeah. apologies out there if anyone's listening who's offended by my lack of knowledge on the ASICs. But they even, they've even got some like sick national teams. Like the Japanese kit is so cool, uh, as is the French kit. Who else did? I think Nike still have China. Uh, but I mean, the Japanese kit from like the last World Champs. I would have been intrigued to see the new the new ASICs kit coming out this year, uh, definitely. Um, but yeah, and then I guess, I don't know if we touched on the Brooks Hyperion Elite, but the athlete special had been talking about that in some of his recent videos. Uh, he's been training in that shoe and it looks pretty impressive. It does. I feel like we've had a conversation with him about the shoe, actually. I can't remember exactly what we were said. Uh, we do speak to him quite regularly, so do sort of lose track on that front, but it does, it does seem like a great shoe. Like it really does. I'm, I'm trying to get the weight up now. So Rory, entertain the listeners for two seconds, if that's okay with you. That is fine. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, they say that their plate has a sort of specialist spine um, that runs down the middle, apparently to help uh, resist bending and improve support. But it's a bit of a weird one when you say uh, to resist bending on a carbon plate. I, I don't fully believe that that improves support because if your foot isn't allowed to move, I don't really get, yeah, like stability support, your foot's going to stay flat. But like, it's one of those things where if your toes can't move properly, then that causes a chain reaction going through your foot up into your shin. And whether that then goes into your knee or whatever, like with me, my, yeah. in the next percent, my like <laughs> big toe couldn't, couldn't move enough. And that went up through my carpals and then into my shin and the the flexion was so low that you know my foot was having to work by itself and it, it wasn't getting that full flexion which then yeah. caused 
a sort of a stress reaction. So it, it's a bit of a weird one if they say like, oh, our carbon plate literally cannot bend, then your foot is in trouble. Yeah, I, I don't understand that actually because the, the whole point of the carbon is for it to sort of bend a bit so then it bounce gives the bounce back. Um, yeah. Maybe that's just a bad marketing description what they've put out there because I feel like they'll know what they're doing with in the shoes design so maybe that's just them accidentally sort of touching on like saying the wrong words basically but yeah it seems like a great shoe it's a good looking shoe as well I know that's shouldn't really matter um, but I think it's it just looks interesting because it's like a shelf like the, the, the sole it literally is just a shelf on the outside of the shoe so it looks kind of interesting to look at it's just basically a beefed up version of the Hyperion Elite One. Uh, mm. So it is, yeah, just seems like a great shoe. Haven't seen many people racing it yet. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I guess in London we'll have some races. As well, we will start seeing races in the Adidas, Adios, Adizero Elite. Is that what it's called? Pro? Adidas, Adidas, Adizero, Adios Elite. Pro? I don't know. It's got a weird name. Uh, it's just the Adios Adizero Pro, yeah. That's yeah. Uh, that's that's pretty much it. Um, apparently, it's slightly on the heavy side uh, of races. Like, I don't necessarily think that that's a bad thing because there must be a reason for why it's slightly heavier. But uh, apparently, in comparison to a lot of the other races, it, it has that bit more weight. Yeah. Obviously, speaking to Sam in the past, he said it's the best shoe he's worn he's tested out um like obviously he when they do lab tests they test out in the next percents and everything and he says he's it's his favorite shoe he's ever worn again i don't know if he's just going to say that because obviously he's an adidas athlete but as you're saying with the weight it's 241 grams which is quite a considerable amount heavier than the next percent the hoka rocket the endorphin pro every other shoe basically it is the heavy shoe like you said yeah so Maybe one of the nicest shoes, though. That new design is very, very clean. And obviously... Mate, the boost on the heel looks really nice. Like, I can imagine that you genuinely feel the benefit of having the boost at the heel. Uh, and sort of like... Because for a lot of people who do marathon, like, they will be hitting their heel and then rolling. And there's nothing wrong with heel striking. It's actually quite efficient if, you're, if you've got a healthy foot roll. Um, yeah. But, it, but yeah, I can imagine that just you know running 26.2 miles where your initial plants on boost and then go into the carbon plate and propels off would be quite quite handy oh sorry i was just looking at some fan uh, follower questions there to try and do like get into like the later later um sort of finish up this podcast i don't have a clue what i'm saying i'm not with it today rory i'm sorry don't know what's wrong. I, I had a bad run this well. morning and I'm, I'm sulking a bit a bad session yesterday a bad run this morning Leisure. that means you're in shape <laughs> i hope that means you're in shape that would be the dream. Maybe. We'll have to wait and see. See what happens. I guess, is it too soon to announce that we're racing together? Yeah. Is it too soon to announce that? That we'll be in a race against each other in a few weeks' time? Hopefully we're going to be in a race together in, in the next two weeks, on the 5th of October. Uh, fingers crossed uh, we both get entries for the race. I know it's going to be, apparently it's quite a tight, I mean, I've heard rumours that it's 30 people maximum. That's uh, me out then. <laughs> but I, I, but I, I'm not 100% sure because I know because we, we both meet the criteria of sub-14-20. Um, so, you know, fingers crossed we'll get in there. Uh, it should be 
should be a very interesting race. I think it's on a cycle track. I'm not actually sure. Wait, I'll try and get the the map up now. Um, It'll be good if it is, because like a... I'm. Yeah. I just want to race again after. I feel like we can do a podcast on a race recap later down. That like maybe the next podcast we record together as a shakeout, we can sort of take us through yeah how we raced last week and sort of future race plans if anyone's interested in that. Um, yeah, well, fingers crossed. I race better this like, on Wednesday in in London, uh, and then I can not be as depressed about talking about racing. Uh, you raced well. So that, you raced all right. Nice. You didn't. You didn't exactly flop. Let's be honest. No, it, it wasn't. A, it wasn't a fat flop. It, it just wasn't. It was. It wasn't what I was hoping for. But that. But again, another podcast. We will cover those races. And, yeah, and it'll that, be good. Uh, I'll leave. I'll leave people guessing on my result as well. Um, is it on a cycle track? Can can you cover, confirm that? Yes, is on a cycle track. Uh, I'll, I'll, I mean, people can't. What it looks like? Uh, the venue is the Three Sisters Race Circuit in the northwest, a fully enclosed site, and no spectators will be present. With access limited to athletes, coach, or manager, and event staff, the circuit is a newly laid racing track with a flat loop of approximately one point one k. It's a sheltered location and floodlit if required. All that tells me is Armar version two. That's all it sounds like yeah. to me. So if, if anyone's interested, um, not that I, th- I feel like entries might be hard to get into now, but it, it that looks like seems like a good race. Seems like a fast race. A bit a few bends though, a few tight turns, but I don't know. I guess mm. it'll be a good race. So sort of bringing this podcast to an end because this is something what people might not know. We actually do want to have this uploaded in 30 minutes and considering it's a 43 minute podcast, editing it and uploading it within 30 minutes is going to be interesting. But Mm. the things we do, the things we do for getting these podcasts out. So incredible. One quick question to end it is some, obviously we put it on a story to ask a question is name one aspect of your training that took you to the next level. Hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I say this literally every time someone asks me that question, and that is hills. Just find long hills, short, sharp hills, do long reps of hills, do loads of short reps of hills. Honestly, the biggest thing that can take you to the next level is having more strength than people who you're racing against, and to get more strength quickly and effectively and keeping it in your body. In, that is hill reps. Hill yeah. reps. I agree. I'm going to have to say three, and I'm sorry, guys. Mine would be hills, threshold, and gym work. So, mm. yeah, I'd say they're my three. Obviously, doing it the right way as well, not just doing them. You have to obviously train correctly, uh, or else you get injured or whatever. So, yeah, that was our sort of brief review on some of the some of the carbon plated shoes that are out at the minute and that are coming out um we could talk about it all day but we've got things to do so yeah. <laughs> play war zone indeed so it's been a pleasure uh good night good evening yeah good night sorry yeah never mind bye <laughs>